It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important stories. An early childhood taxing district, what on earth is that? The latest in politics and world affairs. I don't think that we should be passing legislation that is so complicated that people kind of throw up their hands and say, oh, I can't understand it. Today's current opinions and ideas. It is not fair that just because you're a big business that you get a break on this and the little guy doesn't. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed. Let's have a conversation and welcome to the Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much for joining us. It's great to have you here. Each of you, you're treasured, you're valued, you have purpose today. Strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. You were made for this moment. And thank you to this team that I get to work with. That's producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, Charlie, Jen, all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Happy Friday to you, producer Steve. Wahoo, yes. Hey, <laughs> is that part of your Kansas roots coming through there when you say, what on earth is whatever? That expression, I don't hear it used much, and I thought, that must be Kansas coming through. It must be Kansas coming through. Yes, I have. I, I pull out some of those things from time to time. I think they're ingrained in me. It's my Kansas upbringing. So. Yeah, I have that problem too, and it's Pennsylvania Dutch-oriented. <laughs> I can't believe I said that way said something that way or i sound that way say good grief well we all have these little identifiers and that's a good thing uh actually a, my grandmother had the funniest different uh different things when she you knew she was thinking one word but she was saying another word and uh <laughs> one of those favorite words was fiddly sticks <laughs> so on we go though welcome to the show and check out the website that's kim munson m-o-n-s-o-n.com and uh, you've got to check out the graphic that Zach has put together for Rick Turnquist's op-ed that uh, Rick's going to be on third and fourth segment. And it is One Year in America in Decline. And uh, it is quite creative uh, what Zach has put together there, Producer Steve. It is, and my hat's off to them, because in media school we, we dabbled in that just so we could say that we had exposure to web-based stuff. So, again, my hat's off to him because that's incredibly creative to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. When we, he does some amazing Im- images. You should go to the website just to look at some of those. But sign up for our weekly newsletter. You'll get first look at all of our op-eds, our most recent podcasts. We haven't done a podcast recently. We've just been so busy with everything else that has been going on. But um, you know, we put a lot in the show. And then we do make a podcast of the show as well. But uh, sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com. I'm getting better. Uh, my New Year's resolution, I haven't totally nailed it yet, but I'm getting better on that, Producer Steve. And thank you to all of you who contribute to help us, to support us. I greatly, greatly appreciate that. We'll be recording a couple of America's Veterans Story shows later today, and that uh, broadcast at 3 o'clock on Sunday afternoon, so check that out as well. And Reggie Carr's I'm a Uniter show will be at 9 o'clock today on KLZ 560 as well, so check that out. The show comes to you because I have a lot of great partners. One of those is Hooters Restaurants. They have five locations. That's Loveland, Westminster, Aurora, Lone Tree, and Colorado Springs. And now that we're getting into the weekend, Monday through Friday, though they have happy hour specials, 3 to 6 p.m. It's for dine-in only. And they have specials on uh, many different beverages as well as half off the following appetizers. Beer cheese pretzels, 10 boneless wings, lots of tots, 12 buffalo shrimp, or fried pickles. So be sure and check out my website for all of those specials. They're under the Sponsors tab, under the Hooters tab there. Uh, As we look at these issues, my friends, 
we realize that socialism ultimately comes down to force. Socialism is not about free stuff, and there is never there is never free stuff. If somebody is getting something for free, it has to be taken from somebody else. So we look at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom, searching for truth and clarity. And it's never compassionate to take other people's stuff, whether it's their rights, their property, their freedom, or their livelihood via force. And it could be a, with a weapon, policy, unpredictable and excessive taxation, fear, coercion. The latest one, the latest silent thief is government-induced inflation. And let's roll into our quote for the day, our inspiration wisdom. This is from Thomas Jefferson. You know him. He was an American statesman, diplomat, lawyer, architect, philosopher, and founding father who served as the third president of the United States from 1801 to 1809. He had previously served as the second vice president of the United States under John Adams. And this is so interesting, Steve. Uh, I pulled this off of Wikipedia. They said he was the first United States Secretary of State under George Washington. But do you remember when we had Ben Martin on earlier this week? He's, he, and he was doing the teaser for our America's Founding uh, series that we're, we will be doing throughout the year. He said that uh, everybody thinks that Thomas Jefferson was the first Secretary of State, but he wasn't. So that's a teaser. And here we have on Wikipedia something that's probably incorrect. So you cannot totally trust Wikipedia. You need to trust Ben Martin, Producer Steve. No, that's uh, that's been said many times now since we've known the word Wikipedia. That's, I, I guess... The way it works is people are invited to come on and and provide data, provide information in the world as they see it, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. And therefore, you can run into some funny things on Wikipedia. Yeah, you can see some opinions on some of these different things. But uh, regardless, it it can be a quick quick resource as we're looking for history on things. But um, important quote, and this is what Jefferson said. He said, the end of democracy... And the defeat of the American Revolution will occur when government falls into the hands of lending institutions and moneyed incorporations. And he said, and he was born in 1743. He died on July 4, 1826, 50 years after the Declaration of Independence. And he and John Adams died on the same day. But here we talk about, we have all the time, Nancy Pelosi Uh, All of the Democrats talking about this will be the end of our democracy. When Jefferson was talking about the end of our democracy, he was talking about our democratic uh, constitutional republic. And remember, uh, again, Ben Martin said that I think it was, was it Benjamin Rush that, that had said that once the American Revolutionary War was over, that actually the American Revolution had just begun. And uh, so great quote for today. Let's quickly get through the bill of the day. And this is uh, Senate Bill 22067. It's called a Safe Neighborhoods Grant Program. Has a nice title. Uh, Sponsors are Republicans, Senator Paul Lundeen and Representative Mary Bradfield. And it says concerning the creation of a grant program to provide grants to local law enforcement agencies to provide critical incident training to the agency's peace officers. And it says the bill creates in the Peace Officer Standards and Training Board, the POST Board, the Safe Neighborhoods Grant Program to provide grants to local law enforcement agencies to provide this critical uh, training. 
Grants recipients shall submit a report. Okay, so this is where we start to see bureaucracy, a report, to the Post Board of Expenses and Costs and Evidence of Impacts as a result of the grant award. The Post Board shall submit a report summarizing the information reported by grant recipients to the Judiciary Committees of the Senate and House of Representatives. For the 2022-23 state fiscal year, the General Assembly shall appropriate $50 million to the Post Board for grants. The Post Board may not use more than 3% of the appropriation for costs to administer the grant program. Liberty Scorecard came out on this, and they said, Crime statistics are up across the board, and people feel less safe in their homes. Senate Bill 67, the Safe Neighborhoods Grant Program, is another good intentions bill that misses its mark. A $50 million program to administer grants for critical incident training for local law enforcement is an expansion of government with no mechanism for measuring effectiveness. It says Liberty Scorecard opposes this bill because it violates the principles of limited government and fiscal responsibility. Uh, so I, I think that that does make sense. Good intentions, another government program, and once a government program gets going, difficult to pull it back. Uh, so good intentions, but I do appreciate Liberty Scorecard's opinion on that. Producer Steve, quick comment on that? Well, it just highlights the difference between the way I take on information and the way you take on information. I look at the sponsors, and then I try to figure out what their motivations are or were in bringing this forward. I think, well... With the war on police and uh, defunding the police, you know, there's the motivation. But you you look at the after effects or, or the potential effects, and that's equally equally important. Right. We need to look further into the future as well. Good intentions, and uh, that's why I appreciate, appreciate our pre, uh, pre-show dialogue on all this, uh, Producer Steve. But let's jump over here to Mary Alpers. Uh, she is a co-owner of Three Points Financial. They are a fee-based financial planning firm that sets you up for success. And, and I really think that they look at the whole person. Mary Alpers, welcome to the show. How are you? I am good. Um, Mary, it has been wild swings in the stock market this last week. And yes. what what's your thoughts about that? How, I mean, people get a little nervous when they see this going on. Yeah, that's what I wanted to talk about today is um, just basically how you react to that and how we work. Um, so uh, my opinion is that the stocks are recalibrating themselves from the highs because we're headed into um, kind of a monetary policy battle with this administration and I um, also as a result of the pandemic and inflation. And you have already mentioned inflation at the beginning. And the reasons for that is an entire topic on its own. But there's other concerns, too, such as the China-U.S. relations, the Russia-Ukraine issues, the Middle East, and just overall pessimistic tones. Probably one of the reasons the bill you just mentioned was created right or wrong or and you know it is true that we need to stop putting things in that have no accountability or measurability and we all know that has is quite interesting with the cdc but um how should an investor respond you know you're just a person trying to save for retirement well i'm a member of the alliance of comprehensive planners we are fee only steve 
my business partner, is also a member. Our investment philosophies include these kinds of ideas. Number one is the endogenous realism, meaning things that you can control in your life and with your wealth, versus exogenous realism, which are things you cannot control. They're completely outside of your control. You can react to them, but you can't control them. Each And number two, each client's position in what we call a financial life cycle, where they are in their life, how long they have to retire, and, and that's also based on goals and, you know, the difference between um, accumulation of assets versus financial independence versus pre-retirement versus post-retirement. And there's different guidelines for each client. We're very customized. And three is uh, Burt Whitehead, the founder of ACP, trademarked this name, Functional Asset Allocation. Big word. Um, and what it means is, is optimizing the way people utilize their assets in a household and the psychological needs and life goals of those real people in a dynamic society. So he took a lot of high-level financial model type things and even even tapped into the modern portfolio theory. And he said, well, how does this affect a person? And so that's, what, that's the kind of financial uh, planning we do. And each asset in a portfolio has its own purpose and its own place. We also, of course, use tax efficiency to heighten that. Mm -hmm. So I can talk more about that in upcoming weeks, each one of those. But right off the bat, with all this uncertainty, as you mentioned, I think the most important thing to do is be aware of what you can control, such as spending and saving, and what you cannot control. And we will, I can talk more about asset allocation, which is our, you know, our main function with clients when they come in to work with us. So um, things you cannot control in an example is you can't control the interest rate, but you can control how you react to it. And then also just realizing that sometimes the stock market just really doesn't make any sense. There's no logic um, for anybody. And people that try to predict it are usually terribly wrong. And so investment investment decisions shouldn't really be reactionary. So once you have the right investment plan and once you set up your goals and you have a full, well-rounded plan that takes into effect your personal life, you can usually stay in the boat through those rocky times. Well, I think I think staying in the boat during these times is is a is a good thing to do, and it just makes a lot of sense what you and Steve are doing with your uh, fee based uh, or fee only uh, financial planning firm, and the three tiers of that as well, which is the three points. Mary Alpers, I learned so much. I you bring uh, uh, so much to the show, you and Steve, as we're looking at this and setting people up for success. What's the best way for people to reach you? Um, our, they can either email at Mary or Steve at threepointfinancial.com or go to the website, threepointfinancial.com. And there's a, a preliminary profile they can fill out. And if they would like, we can do, we're doing a couple of them next week, initial consultations. They're about 15 minutes to 30 minutes just to find out if we're a good fit for you, what your situation is. Because we try really hard to only take clients who are, definitely going to benefit from what we do. And that usually ends up being a lot of people. 
um, most definitely. So, we, but we want you to understand what we do and how we're different from um, other places. But the value is there, and um, we highly recommend it. Well, I think one of the fullness uh, fullnesses of life, if that's a word, is working with great people. And uh, like you say, it's good to, to sit down with you and Steve and see if you are all a good fit. And again, that website is threepointsfinancial.com. Mary Alpers, we'll talk to you next week. Okay, thank you. Bye. Thank you. And we're going to go to break. When we ca- uh, come back, we'll go through some of the headlines. Rick Turnquest will be our featured guest in segments three and four. You will not want to miss it. He has written a very important piece. Um, one year in, America in decline. We'll be right back. Three Points Financial is a fiduciary financial planning company focused on helping individuals and families. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz at Three Points Financial specialize in investment strategies, tax planning and preparation, and retirement planning with no product sales or commissions. Tax laws have changed and will continue to change. Inflation is real. Three Points Financial helps you maneuver through these changes to achieve your financial success. For clarity and a solid, relevant financial and investment plan, while working with a company that puts your interests at the forefront, schedule a no-obligation initial consultation at threepointsfinancial.com. That's threepointsfinancial.com. Would you have ever dreamed that freedom of speech, freedom of thought, freedom of assembly, and freedom of religion would be under assault and attack in America? Unbelievably, it is happening right before our eyes. That is why it is important to keep free-thinking, independent voices on the airwaves, the Internet, and social media. Kim Munson is one of those important voices. Help her keep independence alive. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute to join Kim in the battle of ideas raging in America today. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, be sure and check out our website. That's KimMunson.com. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to, uh, to all of you who go to our website and contribute to support our independent, important work. Producer Steve, first thing, this whole thing regarding Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer retiring in typical Biden administration fashion, it's messy. It is. <clears throat> and it came out yesterday just how angry he was. Because he wanted to do this uh, announcement of his retirement on his own terms. And sure enough, somebody snatched it away from him. They leaked it. And I was thinking yesterday on the way home, all right, who leaked it? And I think, wait a minute, think it through. This administration, the people behind the scenes are looking for anything they can grab to take the spotlight off of you-know-who. And what a great thing to do. Let's go ahead and announce this earlier, early. Uh, whether he likes it or not, because it gets the the spotlight off the big guy. Well, and it's really, I mean, things can happen. I do understand that. But they're just kind of the courtesy, just the respect to let him make that announcement. And then they're kicking around the name Kamala Harris as a Supreme Court justice. I guess they'd have to get her back from Honduras because she's down there uh, congratulating the new socialist... um, um, I don't know what word to say. This new socialist uh, person that is going to be the head of Honduras. She she flew over the border to get there, uh, and but I guess they're kicking her name around. Yes. 
Yes, and I despise that because, okay, everyone knows in his campaign he said he would put a black woman on the Supreme Court. Well, great. I welcome that. But not necessarily her, not for his political expediency to get rid of an embarrassment that she's become. There are a lot of qualified people out there, women who could uh, meet this criteria. Let's go through the normal processes and find out. Well, two things. First of all, instead of saying he is going to find the most qualified person to put on the Supreme Court, he's already dividing people into groups. Yeah. And it would be pretty terrifying to have Kamala Harris on a lifetime appointment on the Supreme Court. Oh, my gosh. That would be... For the rest of your days, can you imagine seeing that? Ooh. Okay, moving on. Uh, And I want to talk about this. This is from the the Business Journal. Excel is proposing a new natural, uh, natural gas rate hike in Colorado with winter bills already uh, soaring. And it says this rate increases would start in late 2022 and extend into 2025. Now, first of all, do you really think that if once they get it, that it, it would uh, go down? <laughs> Don't think so. But that's why people like to see limits on these. And this is what you're seeing politicians, PBIs, do all the time now, is they, they put that there'll be a sunset in there. But do you really think there'll be a sunset in there? But anyway... It says U.S. natural gas prices are up, uh, and why is that, producer Steve? Could it be because we're clo- that Biden is closing down pipelines and then also making it difficult to drill on public lands, making it difficult to drill here in Colorado? We, during the Trump administration, were ex- exporting um, energy. We had become energy inefficient, or excuse me, energy um, exporters, and. I just saw another headline that Patty had in here that the Biden administration is considering uh, restricting us exporting liquid natural gas. I mean, this whole thing is a disaster. But anyway, I want to continue on this very quickly. It says here, uh, U.S. natural gas prices are up, leading to increases in customer heating bills. Xcel Energy is proposing to increase its rates to 1.4 million customers in Colorado over three years and they file this with the Colorado Public Utilities Commission and it says here uh, I just wanted to go it says if approved by the PUC as a proposed as proposed bills for residential customers would rise about 6.2 percent in November 2022 residential bills would then rise 2.7 percent in 2023 and 3.1 in 2024 Uh, on down here It says small business natural gas customers would see similar increases, though the initial jump later this year would be 7.6%. Now, let's just take a look at this, Steve. You go to the grocery store. You look at the prices there. I even hear that there's empty shelves. You go to the gas pump, and prices are up. Now you're looking at heating your home. Taxes are up. Government wants to get bigger. And... Could this possibly be part of Klaus Schlob's uh, Great Reset, where they say by 2030 you will own nothing? By continuing to price the little guy, everyday, hardworking people out of their homes with taxes, with higher and higher energy costs? I mean, these policies, they've been in place for a while, but we're really starting to see the effects of this. And wasn't it Excel that says that all of this wind and solar was going to be less expensive but yet as you look at the article 
this rate increase is necessary for new meters and to continue with their quote-unquote green energy. They say it's going to be affordable, but look over here. They're over at the PUC looking for more money out of your pocket. Well, you mentioned gas meters, and and the article specifies 35,000 gas meters need to be replaced. Why? Not because they're not working. They want these new intelligent smart meters which we had talked about, I don't know, about a month ago, which collect more data. Now, where's that going? And and back to your original question, could it be part of the Great Reset? Yes. Well, and these meters, I'm very concerned about that. And we actually wanted to do a story on that, and we haven't done that yet. But they want to come in, change your meter, and then I think I think possibly control how much energy you're, you use uh, during – high high demand times and uh, instead of having meters that would do that it would actually be better to have a free market where people are able to decide themselves instead of again big government big business in bed with each other trying to determine what the little guy can do and the little guy gets fleeced each and every time producer steve well again the thirty-five thousand gas meters the, the meters that are out there are already doing the job in terms of measuring your consumption. There you go. And I asked you earlier, in terms of your being in the business world, what is the cost of doing business? Excel, if you want to replace 35,000 gas meters, you do it on your dime. There you go. Instead of this coercion slash force. Uh, we're going to be talking with Rick Turnquist in segments three and four. But as you all know, we're an independent voice out there. We search for truth and clarity, and I get to work with a lot of really great people. And on the line with me is Hal Van Herkey. He and his wife, Linnea, are true entrepreneurs. They are small business owners. They own Castlegate Knife and Tool, which is located right here in Sedalia, Colorado. And Hal, in segments three and four, we'll be talking with Rick Turnquist regarding his op-ed, One Year in America in Decline. But the entrepreneurial spirit of America is alive and well, particularly in Sedalia, Colorado, and Castlegate Knife and Tool. Yeah, I mean, we certainly, um, you know, we certainly feel the uh, headwinds a little bit in terms of, uh, you know, the, the economic climate uh, in terms of inflation, inflation for our um, wholesale goods, et cetera, uh, some of the uh, concerns that our customers have about uh, about their financial stability, we can see that in our in our customer base in our, in our um, in, in our marketplace. But um, we're just you know our what we're doing is we're just continuing to focus on the fundamentals for us. We're continuing to uh, execute our business model, and we uh, our business continues to grow. We uh, doubled in size last year for the third year in a row, and we'll probably double again this year. But we do it by executing on the fundamentals, paid you know customer service, providing the product that people want. Um, and it, you know, it, it, as the market seems to have slowed down a little bit, uh, we're doing it by gaining share you know, in terms of the marketplace. Well, and congratulations in this day and age that you doubled last year, and you've doubled what you said the last two years as well. And again, when you're talking about fundamentals uh, and staying focused on what needs to be done, I don't watch a lot of football, but I did watch the very end of that Kansas City Buffalo Bills game last week, and I was thinking about that. Focusing on the fun- fundamentals, uh, knowing what you need to do to execute, and that is something that I think you're doing really well there at Castlegate Knife and Tool. Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, you just need to, you know, that's pretty much how we feel is that 
you need to ignore all the drama going around you and uh, just go about doing your business. And that's whether you're a small business owner or anybody, you know, that would be my advice for anybody in their daily life. You know, just continue to focus on what's important for you and your family, um, and you'll come out fine. Absolutely. So this is Hal Van Herkey, owner of Castlegate Knife and Tool. And what is that website, Hal? It's uh, castlegate.com. That's castlegate.com, and uh, also Castlegate Knife and Tool offers a 10% discount all day, every day, to our military veterans and first responders. Hal, thanks so much. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Kim. And we'll be right back with Rick Turnquist. Home ownership and private property rights help you build wealth for you and your family. REMAX Alliance award-winning realtor Karen Levine understands this. Supply is super tight right now. This is why you need a seasoned professional with excellent negotiating skills on your side of the table, whether buying or selling an existing home or buying a new build. As a member of the National Association of Realtors Board of Directors, Karen Levine volunteers hours of her time to help you build your American dream. Call her today at 303-877-7516. Again, that's 303-877-7516. You'd like to get in touch with one of Kim Munson's sponsors, but you can't recall their phone number. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Don't miss your chance to hear from the Republican Senate candidates as they go up against Senator Michael Bennett. Longmont Republican Women present a Republican Senate candidate forum on Saturday, January 29th at Twin Peaks Charter Academy in Longmont. Doors open at 6 p.m., dinner is provided, and forum starts promptly at 7 p.m. Tickets cost $35, and no tickets will be sold at the door. Our very own Kim Munson will be moderating, so you don't want to miss it. Get your tickets at LongmontRepublicanWomen.org today. Once again, find more information and get your tickets at LongmontRepublicanWomen.org. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I am Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support our independent voice. And uh, it is a Turnquist Friday, Producer Steve. Yes, and uh, we all know what that means. <laughs> so, Rick Turnquist, welcome to the show. Good morning, Kim. Thanks. And hi, Steve. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I think uh, Steve <laughs> has chosen something very special for you. Yeah, I really appreciate the uh, the Oklahoma reference. I, <laughs> I enjoyed our snowstorm yesterday. It was uh, just a little dusting that uh, was melted by 9 o'clock in the morning. So, okay. uh, so so far, I haven't had to break out the shovel here. Okay. And as many of you know, Rick Turnquest has moved to Oklahoma, uh, but he does a great job as far as he contributes uh, some very good op-eds to the Kim Munson Show. You can find his most recent one at my website, it is titled One Year Later, America in Decline. And once again, I saw you and Zach back and forth on determining the graphic. And what, what Zach has come up with here is really, I think, terrific, Rick. Oh, it's, it's, it's one of his best ones, actually. And, and every one of them is actually really good. And I, I, you know, in three years of doing this, I haven't really uh, suggested anything to him. Uh, this time we did do a little bit of back and forth, but... Uh, what he ended up coming up with was great because it really encapsulates 
a lot of what I talk about in this blog post. And we're going to get more into it a little bit later, but I want to kind of circle back on something you talked about earlier with uh, Justice Stephen Breyer announcing his retirement. I believe that it was uh, something that was uh, told to the White House in in confidence and uh, desperate to uh, break the news cycle and provide a lift to the Democrats because really all they're all they care about is, is power and staying in power. They they disrespected this Supreme Court justice's wishes and announced the uh, news of his retirement early, earlier than he wanted to, uh, kind of forcing him into into pending into writing an official retirement uh, the same day. So it really just goes to show again how disrespectful they are of, of the people that they that they work with in the other branches of the government and how desperate they are to stay in power. And in the Wall Street Journal today, there's a great op-ed. I, I recommend everyone read it if you have a subscription, uh, talking about how if if Biden takes the wrong step here, which he most likely will, it, it could very likely backfire on the Democrats come November, which would just be poetic justice at its finest. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see. And your point there, Rick, is disrespect. Now, I guess in some ways we've come to expect uh, this disrespect uh, within politics. I mean, we see it on both sides of the aisle. I was thinking about it just recently. You get personalities involved, and I really want to work to stay disciplined to the issues and keep the personalities out of it as we talk about these different things. That's difficult to do. But this disrespect of Justice Breyer, you see that, though, the disrespect of the American people. And I think a, a positive is 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 that it's no no longer hiding under a veil. We are really seeing this agenda. We're, they, we're seeing that they have said they care about the American people. They don't. And we can see that through policy. Let's, so let's get to oh, your piece. It's an important piece. One year later, America in decline. Where do you want to start? Well, let's start at the top. Um, you know, first of all, I want to give a shout out to my friend James, who, who gave me the idea here. He actually provided a list of several things that if I'd written about all of them, it would have been a, a 40,000 word blog post. And, you know, that was a little bit too, too long for, a, for this purpose. But you know, it's been a little bit over a year since uh, Joe, Joe Biden took office. And I don't think anybody really had high expectations for Joe Biden as president. Uh, my, my expectations were always low because I never respected the man, but I, I really believe that he's, he's exceeded everybody's expectations in the worst direction possible. And a year later, America, poll numbers show that American people, Democrats, Republicans, independents alike, are all disgusted with the current president and his party. And uh, I wanted to take a look at some of the major failures over the last year. And, and Kim, when I was researching this piece, I, I came up with articles, you know, 44 failures of the Biden administration, and there's just so many to, to list that I, I I feel like we can get lost in the in the in the details instead of focusing on the big picture, which is, uh, to my mind, I, I believe the the biggest risk to to America and the world right now is what's happening in the world in, in terms of foreign policy, and our our country tends to focus inward uh, more often than not. And, and that's certainly true nowadays with the Democrats in charge. Uh, they're, they don't really care about foreign policy so much in as much as they care about climate change or undermining Israel. But the world's growing more dangerous by the day. And uh, Joe Biden's uh, disastrous Afghanistan withdrawal in, in September of 21 kind of tops the list of foreign policy failures. But I don't think that's going to be the case for long with other things that are developing now. 
A quick question, Rick. With all of this bad news, the bad headlines, I'm concerned that that they may actually get us into a war. This whole thing with Ukraine and Russia, where they're sending American troops uh, or have American troops ready but to protect Ukraine's border, but yet we've got a southern border where two million people have come across, and they're they're sending many of these people coming across the border to quote-unquote red states, which I'm concerned that that may affect this 2022 election. When we talk about a red wave, I don't think we should get too confident about it because I think there's some funny stuff going on. But I'm very concerned that they might try to change the headlines by doing something dumb with uh, Ukraine. Well, that's a great concern, Kim. And these people, let's keep in mind that they're they're – their lodestone or, or their primary goal is to stay in power. So they're going to do anything it takes to do that. And, and distracting from the, the failures, the other failures of the Biden administration, maybe they'll stumble into a stumble us into a land war in Europe. I, I certainly hope not. But the fact is that Russia under, under Vladimir Putin is going to be an expansionist country. He wants to recapture the lost glory, whatever that means, of the, of the Soviet Union. And he, he views Ukraine as, as part of the Russian greater uh, sphere. And he perceives a tip, uh, uh, an atypical weakness in the United States government right now under the Biden and the Democrats. So if, he, if he's going to do anything, he's going to do it now. And uh, there's really not much we can do to stop him. And you're right. What, what sense does it make to send American troops to Europe to defend somebody else's border when we don't even when we don't even uh, enforce or defend our own southern border? And it's just unconscionable. Um, and it's really something that everybody should be should be concerned about because we don't really belong in another land war in Europe. Uh, I certainly don't want Vladimir Putin to invade Ukraine. I think that would be a, a bad thing, and it would be on a par of Germany invading Poland in uh, 1939. So it's it's something that we hope doesn't happen, and it's certainly more likely because of the fact that uh, the American people put Joe Biden in the White House one way or the other, and uh, it's just not it's just not right. Right. And uh, yes, uh, we look back. Somebody said to me yesterday, do you think that Russia would be doing this? China would be doing, um, you know, flying planes into Taiwan, Taiwanese airspace if Trump was in office? Well, they didn't do it back then, uh, really. So uh, anyway, anything more on this uh, foreign policy that you want to hit, Rick? Well, let's talk about China. China is the country that gave us the, the COVID virus. Uh, and it continues to be a grave threat to national world security. There's books out there that talk about China and China's plans to supplant uh, the United States as the world's foremost superpower. And they really are following this strategy. Their, their leadership is very focused on this goal. And I found a speech uh, that I linked in the blog post here uh, that was given by uh, FBI Director Ray in July of 2020. And the greatest long-term threat to our nation's information and intellectual property and our vitality, our economic vitality, is uh, the threat from China. And I don't think Joe Biden is prime, had the intellectual uh, capacity to understand and manage this threat. But now as an elderly man, very likely suffering from dementia and or senility, he's supremely incapable of, of effectively leading America's response to this threat and standing firm against China. And I, I believe that's a real, uh, real problem. 
Again, we talked about Russia under uh, Putin, who's threatening the peace of the European continent, invading Ukraine, whose natural gas company paid presidential son Hunter Biden $83,000 a month for a year or so for imaginary consulting services. Uh, you know, he, he gave a President Biden said on the first anniversary of the inauguration, uh, he effectively invited Putin to make a minor incursion into Ukraine. And the Wall Street Journal reported that Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky rebuked President Biden for his remarks, saying that we want to remind the great powers that there are no minor incursions in small nations. Uh, yes, a minor incursion. What could that be exactly, Rick Turnquist? But uh, let's yeah. let's uh, let's button this up. We're going to go to break, and then let's continue on to talk about some other subjects within this op-ed. Anything else on this, Rick? Uh, no, let's go ahead and go to break. Okay, let's do that. Uh, we're going to go to break. Before we do that, though, Kirsch Insurance Group is another great po- sponsor of the Kim Munson Show. They are specialists in the Medicare arena. And their brokers, they work with a number of different companies. If you're turning 65 in 2022, you will want to reach out to them and find out what you need to do. I think there's some preparation things that need to happen before you have your birthday. Uh, But they work with a lot of different companies. And they can help you set yourself up for success. Because different companies change how they will actually cover different prescriptions. It doesn't cost you anything to talk to Kirsch Insurance Group, so check them out. Their website is ikirsch.com. That's I-K-I-R-S-C-H.com. We're going to go to break. We'll be right back with Rick Turnquist. With the federal government printing money, it looks like inflation is on the horizon. That is why you should lock in a low rate now on your mortgage. Lauren Levy with Polygon Financial Group is here to help. Lauren works with a variety of lenders to assist you in finding the mortgage that is just right for you. Locking in a low rate now will save you thousands of dollars over the life of your loan. Don't procrastinate. Don't wait any longer. Call Lauren today at 303-880-8881. That's 303-880-8881. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who go to the website and contribute to keep our independent voice on the air. Before we get to Rick Turnquist, I did want to congratulate the Colorado Hispanic Republicans for their very successful gubernatorial forum last night. I had the great honor to um, be the moderator for that, and uh, um, Greg Lopez and Danielle Neuschwanger were both there. Really difficult questions, uh, learned a lot. They both did a great job, and uh, so I wanted to thank the Colorado Hispanic Republicans for uh, hosting that. It was really a great, a great forum. Rick Turnquist, this piece that you've written one year later, America in Decline, is a very important piece. Your, uh, your op-eds are so well-researched and so well-thought-out. What's the ne- uh, next subject you'd like to talk about? Well, let's circle back and talk about, uh, I talk a little bit about COVID in the piece, but we don't need to, I'm bored with COVID. So let's talk <laughs> about what I think is a, actually a bigger problem, which is immigration and crime. And the southern border has been a failure for the Biden administration. It's been a problem for decades under presidents of both parties. But I'm really infuriated by the fact that during the Trump administration, the left was attacking the 
the Trump administration for with the kids in cages meme, when in fact the kids in cages thing started uh, due to legal precedents established under the Obama administration. And the problem is even worse now, and you never hear about it. And by broadcasting to the world that the federal government's not going to be enforcing, enforcing federal immigration laws, the Democrats have created this problem because they've incentivized thousands of migrants to try to flee their country and come to the United States. And it's, it's really, it's truly sparked a humanitarian crisis that is basically ignored by the mainstream media, which at this point, let's face it, is just a propaganda arm for the Democratic Party. And as a way of enhancing her image, the Biden administration put uh, Vice President Harris in charge of the border crisis. But in typical fashion, this ploy has backfired, kind of revealing Harris to be as incompetent as the man she would replace. We're in a very interesting times, Rick. And yes, this this southern border, these people just pouring. And it's not that we don't care about people. We do. But first and foremost, bringing all these people in, not assimilating them in on the American idea, uh, putting them on all kinds of assistance, not vetting them. I find it so interesting that the Biden administration says that people that are coming into the country to visit the country legally, uh, uh, whether or not it's through ports or uh, ferries, you know, uh, uh, airplanes, that they have to be vaccinated. But there's no way that they're vetting people coming across the border. There's no way they know their vaccination status. The disconnect on the two is 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 just, it's, it's unbelievable to me, Rick. Well, a lot of the disconnects on the left, uh, way of thinking are unbelievable, but, but that but that's a great point. They don't they don't care about vaccination status or or criminal status. I mean, a lot of people that come across the border are criminals. This isn't we're not talking a little family, you know, mom, dad, a couple of kids. We're talking hardened male criminals who come across this border and they commit crimes against American citizens. And this kind of leads into the next topic, which is uh, the crime problem, which we talked about last month in my piece, Exactly Wrong, Democrats in Crime. And the crime problem in America and Colorado in particular are getting much worse than, than we've seen in, in, in decades. And I, I want to point out, I, I realize I live in Oklahoma now, but I still care about Colorado. And the cost of crime in Colorado in 2020 was over $27 billion. And that, those costs are borne primarily by the victims. And Colorado in 2020 had the highest car theft rate in the nation, which just blows my mind. And the cost of these crimes gets passed on to everybody who pays car insurance. And it's not a victimless crime when somebody steals somebody else's car because you're going to pay higher car insurance uh, as a result of it. So it's it's everybody pays with these crimes. And and seeing the crime tsunami in, in places like in California where there's videos you can find on YouTube of People just walking into stores and walking out with 72-inch TVs or bags that. full of stuff. And it's just amazing to me that there's any stores at all in these in these places. And California is well on its way to becoming a third-world country. And, and as it does so, people are fleeing California. And they're even admitting why they're fleeing California because they just can't take it anymore. There's a book I got for Christmas. It's called San Francisco. Francis- San Francisco, and the subtitle on it is Why Progressives Ruin Cities. And I started it, and I haven't finished it yet. But what's interesting to me about this book is that it's written by a man named Michael Schoenberger, who's actually a self-professed progressive. 
he, he moved to California because he supported all these progressive, progressive causes. And then having lived in San Francisco, he sees what the problems are caused by progressive policies. So it's a book I highly recommend uh, based on just a little bit of, of it that I've read. But it really illustrates that Democrats are completely progressive. Democrats are completely unfit to govern. Well, and I think they think that it won't affect them. But as you mentioned, San Francisco, oh, my gosh, it used to be such a, a beautiful city. And it is it is truly in decline. Of course, that's Nancy Pelosi's hometown. But she lives behind a, a, a gated um, a fence, and so she's not so worried about all that. But, boy, everyday people out there, they are concerned about crime. In fact, somebody sent me a meme that said that people were opening up their trunks and rolling down their windows of their cars so that thieves could not see that there could see that there was no, nothing there to steal so they wouldn't destroy their cars. Yeah, it's really a shame. And having been a victim of, of uh, that type of a theft myself, not recently, it was many years ago, but uh, you feel violated when, when you go out to your car and you find that the windows have been broken and things stolen out of it. So it's it's a real thing. And it's and it's terrible. And I, I'm so amused by how the fact that Colorado Democrats are trying to downplay the crime problem and, and talking about affordability when it's their policies that are making everything so expensive in the first place, right. simply because it's an election year. So I, I find that vastly amusing. But uh, and next we can talk about the economy. And the economy was doing very well under Donald Trump. And I don't think anybody can deny that who lives in the world of reality. Uh, in one of my blog posts, I did a lot of research regarding the economy, and, and so many there were so many good things happening uh, in our economy while Donald Trump was president. And then a year later, our economy's in, in a disaster. The stock market doesn't know what it's going to do. I, I really believe that with the inflation rate the way it is and consumer spending down and concerns about uh, workforce and supply chain that we, we could very well be headed for a recession. And um, I don't want us to go into a recession, but it would probably hit right around the time of the election. And uh, that would certainly not bode well for the Democrats. So I think it's going to be a red tsunami. Uh, and I think it could be a, a giant tsunami, a historic tsunami. But we also can't take things for granted, especially in Colorado, where the progressive infrastructure exists. The left is very well organized, very well funded, very well led by people who, while they may be misguided, they're not stupid. And, uh, you know, Republicans in states like Colorado and, and elsewhere need to work really hard to make sure that uh, good, principled Republican candidates get elected to office. Well, and you talk about this red tsunami, and I, I, I do not think that we should get too overconfident on this. And a red tsunami, if you elect people that are basically just Democrat light, that actually will not not stand for limited government and start to roll back this out of control, unsustainable government that we have. Uh, it might just take a little bit longer for total disaster. Uh, but if if it's Democrat light, it's not going to do us any good. So when we talk about electing Republicans, we have to be electing people that have the, the guts and the courage to actually stand for limited government and for the individual. That's right. And I will certainly be the first to say that not every Republican elected uh, stands for those things uh, in Colorado or nationally. And it, it's a real disappointment to me when people who should know better uh, put their names on bills that, that go against the principles of limited government or create incentives that are 
perverse in terms of what people should be doing. The, the purpose of government is to protect life, liberty, and property. It's not to take money from one person to give to another. It's not to create family and medical leave programs. It's not to uh, ensure equality of outcome. It's not to create economic opportunities. It's to leave you the heck alone. So, yes, you're right, Kim. There are a lot of Republicans who don't who don't hew to these principles, and these are, and these are the people we should be aware of and and not elect and or demand that they you know, put the true label on themselves and, and, and call themselves Democrats. Well, and Rick, I, 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 let's go ahead and just very quickly I, I do a teaser and, and have people be sure and go to the website and check out one year, year later, American Decline. But the subject that we're talking about, and that is Republicans. Now, we do understand that we will never all agree on something. And and, and that that happens. I get that. But when I have seen here in Colorado... Republicans, people that have been elected that basically don't seem that they seem to even understand the principles. And you and I uh, had both looked at that Prop 119, that new marijuana tax for the children that had all kinds of Republicans' names on that. And you want to give it, okay, maybe there was a, a mistake, and, and people make mistakes, but when I saw after all the information we put out and what it would do, it w- would put in place an unelected board that was selected by this governor. They would choose their replacements. They had taxing powers. The authority could accept gifts. And it put in a permanent government not accountable to anybody. And then once you and, and Patty and I put so much light on this, to have Republicans actually double down in support of that, that was unbelievable to me, Rick. Yeah, it is unbelievable, and it's unfortunate that many people, especially people who should know better, who've, who've gone through the leadership program of the Rockies, uh, that they would be in support of something like that is just mind blowing to me. So it really it's hard to it's hard to be principled, and but at the same time, it's really easy when you're whenever you're presented with an issue, just think: Is this the proper role of government? If the answer is yes then great. And if it's no, which most things that are proposed in, in state legislatures and the National Congress are no, our, our, our legislature should have very little to do, actually, because government exists to protect life, liberty, and property, and, and that's all there is to it. So anything else beyond that is, is, is probably not, and maybe that's why it's so hard to, to find good, good uh, solid principle Republicans, because the best ones don't do much. Like uh, Justin Everett was one of my heroes, Colorado legislature. He was famous for his no votes because uh, most everything being proposed in the Colorado State uh, General Assembly in the last many years has been uh, not a proper function of government. Many times those no votes are actually yes votes for everyday hardworking people. Rick Turnquest, it goes way too quickly. We have 30 seconds left. Your piece, um, one year later, American America in Decline is at my website. Uh, quick wrap up. Well, I just encourage everybody to read the piece and, and, and think about how much better off they, they were a year ago compared to now. And think about the double standards that exist with regard to how the media treats Joe Biden and his, and his personal conduct uh, compared to some other people, which I've talked about in the piece as well. And, and think about how people are fleeing states that are run by Democrats and going to states that are run by Republicans. Unfortunately, they often vote for Democrats in their new states and, and thus hasten the downfall. But it's really important to think Democrat, the Democratic Party is unfit to govern. 
Rick Turnquest, thank you so much. Uh, greatly appreciate it. Our quote for today is Thomas Jefferson. He says, Experience hath shown that even under the best forms of government, those entrusted with power have in time and by slow operations perverted it into tyranny. My friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals and like Superman, stand for truth, justice and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you and God bless America. If I don't serve-